1: My good friend, former Sportsbeat co-host, but he's more well-known for being a guy that worked for two of the greats in college football history, Bo Schembechler at Michigan, and also Lou Holtz at Notre Dame. He is the last Notre Dame recruiting coordinator to put together a number one recruiting class, if I'm not mistaken. Bob Kamel joins me here on WSBT. Coach, it's always good to talk to you. How are things in the Kamel household?
2: very 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 good it's always great to connect with you great memories and as i told you in the past you are a consummate pro anything i knew about doing radio i learned from you and rick for that matter so well good to catch up great to catch up
1: i'll tell you what i have never been more nervous for an interview than the day you brought on bo to our program many many moons ago (laughs) and I was scared, man. What if I asked the wrong question? Is is Bo going to blow up on me? If that truly was a special, special interview, and I know that's somebody that you thought the world of.
2: He, uh, I, he was probably next to my dad, the biggest influence on his life, wow. on my life. I absolutely loved him. I miss him every single day. He was a very, very special person, on and off the field, and a very close friend of Coach Holtz, and he adored Era. I don't think Bo ever uh, thought that, um, you know, that he had a peer in coaching. But when he came to Era, that was his hero. It was somebody that he looked up to.
1: That's very, very cool. Coach, I want to talk to you for a couple of moments about the news this week that one of the greats to ever coach the offensive line, Harry Heaston, has decided to retire 40 years in coaching. He did it in the NFL. Of course, he did it at an extremely high level at the college level, including those two stints at Notre Dame 2012 through 2017. And we were blessed to have him back for one more year last year, but I think with some of the changes and other things going on in his life, he has decided this was a good time to retire. I would just like your perspective on truly – how good of an offensive line coach Harry Heaston was. I, I, I love your opinion on this because you're around one of the other greats in Joe Moore.
2: Well, first of all, this is the biggest loss uh, for uh, of a staff member by, by far. The biggest loss of a staff member for uh, for Coach Freeman. Harry was in a league of his own. Is in a league of his own. I respect uh, you know his decision to step down. Uh, love Harry. You know, if you take the best offensive line coaches in recent history, if you will, they were basically all disciples of Joe Moore. And Harry was as strong as a disciple of Joe Moore as anybody. And then, you know, you had Billy Callahan and and, uh, Kirk Ferentz and guys of that ilk. But when it came to Joe, I mean, I remember going to visit Harry uh, the first time around here and we were watching film. We were talking about my Pete kripp and Leon Wallace and tight end blocking. And then all of a sudden the conversation turned toward Joe. And you've got these two veteran football coaches in this room alone looking at each other and crying. Hmm. And, and I'm not embellishing that. That was how, what Harry felt about Joe. You know, the hardest transition from high school to college is in the offensive line because it's all about technique it's about a good stance it's about a good hand placement it's about a good first step it's about playing in unison with the uh... you know the, the player alongside of you in your proximity center and a guard a guard and a tackle a tackle and a tight end and coaching tight ends here at, at uh... at notre dame uh, i spent a lot of time with joe uh... side by side and then when i went to visit harry and talk to harry about uh... You know offensive line play, and that it was like, here we go all over again. He had Joe's tex- techniques down to a science, and you know as time went on, he added his his own techniques, and he's uh, he's he's going to be missed. And I would also say probably one of the hardest positions uh, for a head football coach to replace is an offensive line coach, because it is all about technique and it's about. Your pedigree and who you learn from. I would kind of equate offensive line coaches, if you will, somewhat to a martial arts uh, experts. You know, a person in martial arts has a, an identification with, with where he learned his craft. And it's the same thing with offensive line play. And as far as Harry, I mean, look no farther than, than the players he developed that, at Notre Dame and at other stops, by the way, that went on to great success in the National Football League. And not only as as, um, as football players, uh, but as people, as men, because he preached that also. I've heard him in, in meetings, and they wear that you know that badge of, I was coached by Harry. He stand with great you know with great pride. Yeah. And an offensive line uh, is a team within a team, so to speak. And it's a fraternity within a fraternity. Offensive line, linemen tend to, you know, uh, matriculate toward other offensive linemen. And, uh, you know, I'll give you a great example. You remember a great Tom Thayer who uh, who played for Notre Dame and then went and played for the Bears. Well, he's my son-in-law's best friend. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we visit, inevitably the conversation turns toward offensive line play. And he's down in the stance and he's taking that first step and, you know, and all those things. There's such a great pride in that. You know, uh, um, it's, it, it's special. It is completely special.
0: Mm.
1: Former Notre Dame and Michigan recruiting coordinator Bob Kamel joining me here on WSBT Radio talking a little Harry Heastan and offensive line. I like what you said a moment ago because someone else said the same exact thing to me the other day that for a head coach – Arguably the most difficult coach to replace on a staff is offensive line. This individual said there just aren't that many elite offensive line coaches to go around. That's why it's a little more difficult. Do you buy into that at all? Yes, I do. It's
2: funny you should say that because one of my high school teammates and, um, and a guy actually that I coached with, Mike Berry, Coach, uh, three national championship rings. Coach for the Lions. One of my best friends in high school. And when I had heard that Harry uh, was retiring, and I called Mike and I said, Mike, now who's next? And he said, You tell me. And he said, Bobby, they're just they're just not out there. And right now, you know, going into spring ball very soon, this is going to be a, a difficult hire uh, for Coach Freeman. But, um, you know, he'll you know put his uh, you know the word out, and but I, I think it's going to be a tough hire. It, it really will. And you know, how do you follow Harry Easton? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. But the other thing that, you know, Harry was known as a, you know an offensive line coach, uh, as you said, maybe one of the best ever. But the fact is he was a great recruiter. And I remember one time I was at at the Morris Inn, and he was with um, a recruit and uh, the recruit's parents. And I happened to walk walking by, and he introduced me to the young man. And I said this with all honesty to the young man's mom. I said, if you want your son to be the best person he can be and the best offensive lineman he can be, then this is the guy that you want him around for the next four years. And I meant that sincerely.
1: Coach, is it – even more challenging right now, considering the chemistry needed between an offensive coordinator and an offensive line coach, to be in the middle of February and searching for both of those.
2: Absolutely, I, I really don't envy Coach Freeman. Uh, this is kind of a you know a really a double hit. Uh, you know, there's there's a certain offensive line philosophy that called zone blocking, and then there's one that's called man blocking. And play callers have to be in unison attacking defenses with which one of those two the offensive line is, is going to use or the offensive line coach is going to use. So that, that is, that's critically important. And, you know, and again, it's, 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 it's technique and all those things and then two, two different philosophies. I'd have to say the offensive coordinator – um, it would possibly be involved, whoever that's going to be, in, in choosing the offensive line coach, so they are on the same page uh, when it comes to calling plays and, and developing an offensive line.
0: Hmm.
1: Bob Cabell joining me here on WSBT Radio. I asked the same question to Notre Dame basketball coach Mike Bray two years ago, and I'm, I'm going to ask you the same question because I really would love to get your thoughts on the state of college football because I asked Mike two years ago are you glad you are coming toward the end of your career rather than just starting your career considering NIL and grad transfers and all the other things that are changing in college athletics which is making the job of being a head coach so much more challenging he said you know what I am glad I'm on the tail end and he has talked recently about how NIL is just so much to handle. It it just engulfs your time. It's a major challenge. So, Coach, you spent a lot of time in this game, again, working for some great individuals. Are you glad you're now retired from all that, considering all the changes that have taken place, or would you rather be at the start again and, and just deal with all this and have fun again?
2: Now, had I been consecutively in the business... You know, needless to say, I'd have to make a serious adjustment. But, you know, here's a million dollars, quarterback. Make sure you're on time for English class. Um, I, I, you know, it, it's difficult. And it, it's going to get more difficult. Yep. And it'll be more difficult, I think, for Notre Dame because Notre Dame has a certain uh, integrity, if you will, about it, a certain class, a certain uh, uniqueness about it. And this, for me, I think will make it more difficult for Notre Dame because they will, you know, they will not compensate, will not compensate the integrity of the university for any type of NIL uh, type of shenanigans. And if I may say one other thing. Sure. If I was sitting next to Jack Swarbrick, this is what I would say to him. Jack, assemble the entire athletic department the secretaries, the maintenance people, the coaches, uh, the administrative people, uh, the the security people, put them in in, in the arena, the basketball arena, and have Mike Bray with a microphone in front of them to have him give a class on what being a Notre Dame representative is, a Notre Dame athletic representative, a Notre Dame athletic, I don't want to say employee. Mike Bray, to me, is one of the classiest people that I have ever met in coaching on and off the court. The way he carries himself in the community, the way he carries himself in basketball. And I really hope that some people don't think Mike's legacy is going to be what this season has been about, because it's far from that. I know I digressed a little bit, but what I just told you, I believe with my whole heart and soul.
1: Hmm. Hey, just another quick thought if you don't mind. The last couple of years after some turbulent times, Jim Harbaugh's got Michigan back to the playoff two consecutive years. Of course, you and Jim have known each other for a good amount of time. Uh, we knew Jim as a racing owner back in the day at the Indianapolis 500 with with Panther Racing and and the and the number 4 car, of course, Jim Harbaugh wore number 4. There was a lot of Michigan folks that wanted him let go, couldn't beat Ohio State, the program wasn't where it needed to be. All of a sudden, things have changed. I'm just wondering from the outside looking in, your perspective on what Harbaugh has done with this Michigan program, and at the same time, it sure doesn't seem like the AD and Jim are on the same page right now.
2: <laughs> this is tough.
1: <laughs> Jim,
2: I've known Jim since he's been in, in – in the eighth grade because you know his dad coached for us at michigan yep and he's probably one of the most competitive people that i've ever met in on the on the field and off the field uh the one thing with jim right now there was a parallel for me between jim and scott frost at nebraska i mean everybody thought when jim was hired and when scott frost was hired you know, this is this is the uh, you know the son is coming home, the favorite son's coming home, and everything is going to be just great. Well, the fact of the matter is, Jim did not inherit a lot of talent. Uh, he, he flat out did not. And um, there was a point in time when I would look at Michigan's recruiting and kind of go like, "What are they doing? Who are these guys?" So even though he, he he's he's you know he's a fine offensive mind, he's had success at every level and will continue to have success, it took time to right the ship from a talent standpoint. Um, yeah. The deal with Ward Manuel, who is um, the athletic director at, at Michigan, actually uh, when he was uh, he was injured, his junior year, he was a great player out of, out of New Orleans, mm-hmm. and uh, he had a, a serious neck injury, and it ended his career. <clears throat> and uh, Bo and I talked, and we wanted to keep him around, and he actually came and worked for me in the recruiting office. So we became very close and he's a special young man. I I, I absolutely love Ward. Uh, I wish Jim would have called him being a teammate and told, told him that he was going to remain at Michigan rather than call the president of the university and have the president of the university call Ward uh, to tell you, I know exactly, you know, what's going on there. But for me, uh, it hurts. And I'll be I'll be really honest with you. Yeah. Whatever is going on there they need to put if there is in fact something there, they need to put it behind them. And they needed to put, put it behind them in honor not only of Michigan, but in honor of the man that bought both brought both of them to Michigan and that was Bo. You know, we talk about yeah. the team to team to team. Well we gotta be the team to team. And they need to be the team-to-team-to-team, to team to team, if you will, and get on the same page. And I hope that happens
1: very soon. Coach, all I can say is this. Those who stay will be champions and play like a champion today. I'll just mix them all together. You can put them
2: all together. Am I, am I was <laughs> I the luckiest guy in the world. How about, how about this Coach Holtz guy? How about him? I, I say, look, Coach Freeman, bring Coach Holtz back. Let him be the offensive coordinator for a year hope. until you find somebody. Because <laughs> oh, if you want to run the football – this is your guy. And I always said when I coached for Coach Holtz, we had a balanced offense. We ran the ball as many times to the right as we ran the ball as many times
1: to the left. Hey, Bob, they can't pay me enough money. Come back.
2: <laughs> oh, Coach Holtz, Coach Holtz, Coach Holtz. Hey, Holtz is heroes. Uh, that organization doing phenomenal charity work. Yeah. And he still comes to the events. You know, and, and Reggie Brooks heads, heads that up right now. And, you know, any former player who may have uh, come upon hard times or any former player that they can help with tuition for, for uh, um, you know, one of their children are there for them. And it truly reflects, truly, truly reflects uh, what Coach Lujols is all about.
1: You're still a cowboy to me, Coach. I greatly appreciate your time this evening. Always good to catch up with you and always enjoy your insight on what's happening in college football, including right here in South Bend.
2: One last thing. Yeah. Deborah Peters, the great basketball player here. Yes. A Fenwick fryer. And look what she is doing in downtown South Bend, creating a housing for people that possibly could not pay for normal rents here and there. There are very few people that come back the way she's coming back. And as her being a Fenwick fryer and me being a Fenwick fryer. I could be, not be more proud of that young
1: lady. That is wonderful to hear, and I'm glad you mentioned that. And I'm sure second on her college list was UIC. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Take care, my friend. All the Take- best. Best to your family. You as well, Coach. Thank you. That is Bob Kamel, former co-host of this program, former Notre Dame and Michigan recruiting coordinator, joining me to talk a little football, including the retirement of Harry Heestand.